Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Welcome back. In this topic of Art Life Conversations podcast, we're going to be talking about how to paint landscapes and um, also a little bit about how to paint plein air landscapes. So whenever I first started uh, painting landscapes, I started with plein air which is um, kind of a great way to start because then you're never really afraid of painting plein air. If your first landscape painting ever is painted from life in plein air, which I think in French just means in the open air, basically it means going and setting up your easel outside and painting from life, then you're never really going to be afraid of that. So when it comes to plein air landscape painting, you really just want to dive in right away. And today I'm going to be giving you my three favorite books um, for landscape painting to help you on your learning journey. Um, The ones that really helped me the most in landscape painting and also some tips um, as well about plein air um, and landscape in general with oils. Um, So I teach a lot of um, plein air landscape. In fact, most of the um, uh, master classes and lessons that I have in the art life school are all done in plein air. So um, it's really a great way to kind of see like how that's done live and in the moment. So again, uh, the thing that I've seen that a lot of artists struggle with the most when it comes to plein air is that maybe they've done a lot of um, landscape painting from photos in the studio where they're really taking their time and they're not dealing with the elements outside. And again, this is not good or bad, right or wrong. Um, And it just depends on what you, what kind of artist you want to be and what kind of art you want to create. So it's totally up to you. But whenever those artists um, start to try to paint plein air, they usually struggle more with plein air because they have basically been a, work from photo studio landscape painter, which is very different than painting um, landscape from life. So when it comes to painting landscape from life and plein air, you really want to have, um, I think, just the simplest equipment to get started. You have to really be able to minimize the amount of stuff that you're taking with you, especially if you're going out, (laughs) you know, and and hiking about and walking about for a long time. And that's what I would recommend for beginners is is packing very, very lightweight, um, a very lightweight pochade. There's plenty of them out on the market. Some of them are more expensive than others. Um, But for example, I like pochades better and and using that with a tripod. I just find that that's easier. In fact, I use one in my studio as well. This is from Edge Pro. Um, That's probably one of the most expensive ones you can get. But there's also the Gorilla paint box, paint boxes. There's Yugo, Sienna pochade. There's a lot of different pochades on the market that are really, really good. And I've used most of them. 
for plein air, I usually use the Gorilla paint box, the, thumb, the little thumb box. And I tend to only paint one size in plein air um, because it limits you to paint one size. But, and it even comes with like its own little bag where, you know, you can organize your supplies and it's such a small little kit. So I love it. I can even fit that in a carry-on and take it on a painting trip with me, right? Um, and so just going lightweight, I think is my main tip. If you're just getting started, you don't want to be, you know, loaded down with a huge backpack. At least I don't even to this day. <laughs> and then maybe choosing, um, locations that, you know, um, are easier access, simpler scenes, you know, maybe it's a, a local park or a state park or something like that, where you can, you know, get to a scene that you might want to paint a lot easier. So let's dive in and look at the, the three books that I recommend, especially if you're a beginner uh, for either landscape painting or um, plein air painting. So for those of you watching on YouTube or on, um, let me find my screen, I'm going to share, or, or on Facebook, you'll be able to see uh, my screen here in a second, and I'll share with you these two books. So the very first book I would recommend, this is like the first one, as you can see, it's number one bestseller in oil painting um, on Amazon, and it's called Carlson's Guide to Landscape Painting. Most of this book is in black and white. It's quite an older book. Um, the most important thing that this book is going to teach you about is about um, the nature of lighting outdoors. Okay, so lighting effects outdoors. He talks about the different um, planes of light. Um, typically on a typical, you know, kind of day, you would have the sky is the lightest value, then the top plane. Top plane, the ground is the second lightest in value. The perpendicular planes like trees usually go the darkest. Um, so he really breaks down this book with some really great illustrations um, those different value changes in the landscape. And as we know, value does all of the work. Color tends to get all of the attention, right? <laughs> so, so this is an invaluable book because it really goes into the value structure. Um, it also, there's also things in here about composition, but I think the most important thing about this book that will help you the most if you're just getting started is the breakup of values um, on the value scale um, according to the different different planes in the landscape. Um, so, so that one, and there's also some information about how the angle of the sun affects that and changes things. Um, so I think this book is a really great, still really a great go-to. And I read this over and over and over again and studied it so much whenever I was in art school and learning how to landscape paint. Okay, the next one I would recommend is the Edgar Payne uh, composition for outdoor painting. And that's exactly what I would recommend it for is for composition. Now this actually might be a little bit later on in your development. Um, if you're just getting started as a plein air uh, landscape painter, this might be more of like a higher level um, thing that you'll want to get into later on. But eventually you're going to want to have um, all these kind of different compositions in your in your 
wheelhouse, right? And so that's really where this book is invaluable. And as you can see, you can find some of the pages here just on, you know, Google, um, just on a, a Google image search, you can find some of his wonderful illustrations. He has such a great way of breaking things down simply and illustrating them simply. So you can see here where he's showing, um, you know, one, one way to design is by using diag a di strong diagonal line. Another way is by, you know, creating a tunnel, um, the composition. Um, another way is uh, doing everything as a silhouette or backlight, basically backlight. Um, let's see, there's some other ones. And I have to say his book has even helped me. It really helped me a lot with still life composition. So here he's illustrating what he calls a steel yard composition and Corot, Camille Corot did a lot of these compositions all the time where you have like one really large element on one side balanced by a smaller element on the opposite side. Um, the circle, a circular composition, an S curve. Um, he shows you about, you know, doing a triangular composition. Um, let's see, radiating lines. Oh, here's radiating lines. So this one with the radiating lines, that one was a big one. Obviously, the most obvious one for that is doing a sunrise, for example. <laughs> um, but you can also use this compositional tool, whether or not you're using a sunrise. So I would often do this whenever I was painting plein air in Oklahoma. Maybe all I would have pretty much just like as you see here in this image, Pretty much what I might have is like one big tree, open plains and like clouds. And so what this book teaches you is it does teach you to go beyond just copying what you're seeing, even out in plein air. Once you get like good at once you get good at kind of capturing, you know, the scene as you're seeing it, um, getting the the accurate values you you know how to create form you know how to create atmospheric perspective and depth of space you know this would kind of be that next level that you would want to go to when it comes to your landscape painting is really you know learning all these different compositional tools and techniques and having those in your toolbox so a triangular composition, the cross, I use all four of these even in still life. So I also want to say that like it's really I really um, caution people against seeing the genres as not interrelatable. There's just so much if we learn about one subject and maybe somebody like Edgar Payne has written on one subject, we can take that and we can actually apply it. It's universal. It's just universal design principles. Um, the L-shape composition, I use that all the time in um, still life as well. Um, and again, it this book I've had, I will say like I finally let go of Carlson's Guide to Landscape Painting because I just didn't need it anymore after 15 years of painting. Um, but I still go to this book and I still use this book. Most of this, again, is in black and white. There are some really beautiful color plates in the back. There's also a really beautiful section about um, beautiful section about um, color design as well in the back. And so, again, it's kind of a more higher level um, conceptual thinking that you might not be ready for yet as a, a beginner. But I always say knowledge never hurts. So, you know, even if you don't feel like you're there yet, kind of get it and go through it. It is such a good investment. I know it's kind of higher priced 
than some of the others, um, as it seems like limited supply is available on that book. Um, but it's so worth it. I have kept it for 15 years and still use it. Okay, my other book uh, recommendation um, is uh, Kevin McPherson's book. Uh, and I actually have both of his book. I do recommend both. He has another one. This one I think was my favorite, especially since I'm a lover of light and color. Uh, Fill your paintings with light and color. Now, he also has some phenomenal information in here for the beginner on, you know, your tools and your supplies. And then also taking like sketches from out in the field and turning them into studio paintings, uh, larger pieces in the studio. So both of his books are excellent. This one is my favorite. Um, there's again, there's a lot of materials advice, um, setup advice in these. Fill your oil paintings with light and color. This one was in 2000. And there is another one by him. Um, let me see if I can find it. So the other thing I really liked about Kevin's book is he he also talks about the um, development, you know, be, developing yourself as an artist and really putting in the time. Inside Out is the name of the other book. Uh, really putting in the time, right? Like really putting in the time and the effort that it takes and painting lots of paintings and just getting out there and like hitting the hitting the ground, hitting the pavement and doing a lot of uh, paintings, right? And a lot of studying, uh, you know, and just repetition, 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 right? Repetition is the mother of skill. So um, the other thing that I really got out of Kevin's book Two was he really goes into depth um, about light shapes and shadow shapes. And again, he gives some amazing illustrations in there of how to see light and shadow shapes. He even has some still life um, demonstrations and tutorials in his books, too. Both are really, really good. Um, and the other thing I really got out of his book in the early days uh, that really struck me was his emphasis on seeing shapes and simplifying shapes, seeing flat shapes and starting your painting with those flat shapes before you start to get into all of those details, right? So if you're looking for books that are going to help you, uh, you know, along your journey, with plein air painting and with landscape painting in general, those are the top three that I would recommend. Um, my other tips for plein air painting is to start with simple scenes, right? So sometimes as a beginner, we might get out there and choose like a scene that's really complicated, um, really complex. And, oh, I wanted to show you um, some of my first uh, successful landscapes. A lot of these were done in the first year or two of art school. And I was in art school in Connecticut. And um, so this is one of the first scenes that I did. There was a lot of marshes, you know. Um, and so, so starting with simpler scenes, I would say starting smaller with smaller paintings and simpler scenes, because you're dealing with so much. And until you really build up your capacity to deal with all the elements, you know, you're dealing with perhaps the wind, the bugs, the heat, the cold, you know, you're dealing with all these distractions and they are distractions, right? These are some of my, this was painted in 2010, okay? Um, just like a simple road going up a hill. 
Um, this is another, you know, just simple landscape. This probably would have been a, a little bit more complicated for me at the time, a grouping, various groupings of trees, right? So you do want to try to keep it simple. I would say smaller because you don't want to be out there like chasing the light as the light changes. You know, you'll hear that among artists, like don't chase the light. <laughs> And um, what that means is like the lighting changes uh, dramatically, probably you probably have about two hour block of time before the lighting is totally different in plein air. And so this will also plein air will also help you and teach you how to simplify and paint quicker and really capture the scene um, faster. So that's the other plus to doing plein air. So I do highly recommend it especially for artists who are wanting to grow faster, like what, it's such a great way to, to train yourself as an artist doing plein air painting um, because it's so challenging. It is so challenging. Um, so this is another very simple scene in Connecticut, one of my very first, you know, early day landscape paintings. I think I had just learned, yes, I had just learned about how to, or I just learned to start looking for reflected light in the underplane of clouds. And so I was like, just that one piece of information was a eureka aha moment for me. And so then I just couldn't wait to get out and paint more clouds and get reflected light into the underplane of the clouds. So the other tip I would have is, is that, you know, having a hunger and a thirst to learn and grow rather than, you know, producing a masterpiece every time. So again, you, you hear me say that a lot, but focus on growing, focus on learning, you know, and learning little bits at a time. I think on this piece, I was trying to understand, you know, how to create depth through atmospheric perspective and um, uh, thicker paint in front or impasto. I was always trying to learn how do I get movement in my in my landscape so it feels like the wind maybe is blowing and the clouds are moving so it doesn't feel tight and stiff um so really seeing these paintings more as practice you know just as learning just as practice rather than did am i a great artist yet you know i think sometimes when we focus on that first we get further away from what we're actually seeing. So if you can detach yourself from a, a failed painting or did I win or did I lose? Did I succeed or did I fail? And switch your focus more towards just the enjoyment of, of being out there. You know, like that's one of the things I love most about landscape painting, plein air landscape painting is being out there, you know, being with nature and um, is so calming and so soothing. And there's just so much opportunity to learn. So this was another one. I, I remember I was in a landscape painting class at uh, the college, uh, Lime Academy. And so we would go out to kind of just like these empty fields, these very basic empty fields. Oftentimes I would just have my, my tiny little pochad sitting in my lap you know, not even with a tripod and just sit down and paint. Um, and so you can kind of start to see the progression, how some of these were getting a little bit better. I'm starting to read, you know, John Carlson's book on values and understanding that, oh, these perpendicular planes are 
um, you know, darker in value than the sky. And then also Kevin's book on flat, you know, the emphasis on flat shapes and simplifying. So, you know, you just, you keep studying in between your painting sessions. And sometimes you can even take some of those books out there with you in the field. I definitely used to do that too. This is one of my first um, sunset. I think this was a sunset painting. And I think I actually got in trouble for being here because it was private property. <laughs> um, but just trying to capture that, that look of the glow of the light, you know, so really also just being, um, okay, and that was it on that. Um, being, being willing, you know, being willing to learn, being willing to be imperfect and being willing to celebrate your progress along the way and your wins along the way, right, is a big part of that process. So I hope that this has helped you. I highly recommend doing plein air painting for those of you who are interested in it. It will help you grow so fast. I know it can be scary, um, but just dive in and get going. You are going to be frustrated. You are going to have quote unquote failures. I frisbeed, I don't know how many paintings out of frust frustration, you know, <laughs> scraped so many paintings out of frustration um, in the early days. And it's just a matter of like, are you going to stick with it? You know, are you going to stick with the discomfort long enough so that you can actually get to a level that you feel good about, right? So one of the key ingredients to being successful is stickability, right? Can you stay with it or do you quit and give up too easy, right? And do you stay with it consistently enough in order to get better? So if you're all, if you get super frustrated and then you quit for a week or two and you don't paint, you know, you're just prolonging um, the growth. Like you're making it take a lot longer. So I recommend daily painting, especially in the early days. Daily painting, if you can get it in and, and you can get it in because we all have 24 hours in the day, right? Like we do the things that are important to us. We make time for the things that are important to us. And so you can do daily painting every single day, even if it's like a little five by seven, you know, I did that for years and years and it really did help me improve my painting. Maybe we'll talk about that on another podcast, but I hope this has been helpful to you. Wishing you all happy creating. Also, if you want more instruction, obviously I have tons of landscape masterclasses, plein air masterclasses, and um, lessons and courses inside the Art Life School, or you can buy the masterclasses separately uh, for lifetime access on my website at artlifewithkelly.com. I want to hear from you, the listeners. Let me know what you're looking forward to getting support with this year. It could be on any topic that you're facing as an artist, as you're developing and growing and trying to succeed, whether that's in your artistic development, whether that is in your business, um, whether that's in your skills. I want to hear from you. So shoot me an email at info at artlifewithkelly with an I.com and let me know your thoughts. Okay. Happy creating. Bye for now.